Welcome to Turning Season Podcast, your regular dose of active hope in this great turning toward life-honoring, life-sustaining ways of being human. Bringing you deep conversations with people who are rising to their own unique roles in this worldwide transition. This show is for every one of you who's finding your way to participate in cultivating ways of life we can believe in, making a life-honoring present even in the face of an uncertain future. I'm your host, Leilani Navar. I facilitate the work that reconnects. I practice acupuncture and dream work. I believe in the power of conversation. And I give a lot of my attention to the ways human beings are damaging the web of life and also the ways we are turning toward honoring the web of life in a way that gives us and other beings a better chance of continuing to live in this mysterious gift of being alive at all. I think about it a lot and I feel so much better when I talk with other people who are thinking about it and who are also throwing their weight into the momentum of this shift in their own way. Lydia Violet Hartunian, founder and director of School for the Great Turning, musician, and longtime dedicated student and friend of Joanna Macy, is one of these people. And you will get to hear some of her awesome way of articulating things during this conversation. But in this episode, I'm the guest and she's the interviewer. We talk about the great turning in relation to illness and healing in the intimate landscapes of our own bodies and also in the field of medicine. Through my explorations of these things as a Chinese medicine practitioner and a lover of deep ecology. This was our conversation for the Great Turning Summit held online on June 17th, 2023. That was an amazing day, so heartening, and I learned so much from each of our speakers, including Gloire Mudakuza in Uganda, who you heard from on Turning Season podcast last month, and a diverse range of activists, visionaries, artists, and elders really helping us to orient ourselves to what's going on right now and sharing how they're responding to these times, how they are, if we look at it through the deep ecology lens, a part of the response coming through the whole system known as life on earth. I'll share a link in the show notes to where you can purchase access to the recordings of the Great Turning Summit, and I will link also to a book by the author Rupa Maria, whom Lydia mentions during this conversation. The book is called Inflamed, Deep Medicine and the Anatomy of Injustice, and with her co-author Raj Patel, Dr. Maria talks about health and healing and medicine from what I would call a more truly holistic perspective about how our bodies are so intimately related to our political and economic systems, to our food systems, of course, to our air and our water, to traumas in our personal and ancestral histories, and so much more. This is all very relevant to what Lydia and I talk about in this conversation, although we don't really address it directly. So I will link to that book in the show notes, which you can find at turningseason.com slash episode 36. And I will also link there to a video I made a while back, one of the first videos in my Landscape of Your Body acupressure series that shows you how to do self-acupressure on the point hugu, large intestine four, 
which is the point I share with Lydia during our conversation, which was originally shared with video so you could see where I was pointing to. Before you hear Lydia's voice here in a moment, I will introduce myself a little bit more than I usually do since I'm the guest on this one. I have a clinical practice where I offer acupuncture and herbal medicine, functional medicine, and do dream work. With groups, I facilitate the work that reconnects, and I teach practical wisdom from Chinese medicine. I also get to have a very fun job working with Lydia as assistant director of School for the Great Turning. I'm a mother of two, and as my kids grow up, I'm pretty excited to be getting to support their emergence into their own ideas and passions and start to see the ways the Great Turning moves through them, too. I was born into Chinese and Jewish families, and I see myself as carrying on my Chinese ancestors' holistic, poetic medical science and practice, and my Jewish ancestors' dedication to asking big questions. I went to Evergreen State College and got a BA with a focus on political economy and holistic health, and my formal Chinese medicine training was through the National University of Natural Medicine, where I graduated with a Master's of Science in Oriental Medicine. One thread I've been deep in study and practice of for many years now is dreaming, working with our dreams for insight and healing and for tending that connection with mystery and the unseen. And I also have been studying and practicing traditional Chinese movement arts, especially Qigong, Okay, and finally, if this conversation strikes a chord with you and you're interested in a personal journey around healing, the connection between physical and emotional health, deep ecology, and practices from the wisdom of Chinese medicine like Qigong and self-acupressure, I will be hosting a new round of Healing Season starting in January 2024, which you can read about and join the waitlist for at leilaninavar.com slash healing season. I will link to that in the show notes as well. All right, here we go. Hi, Lilani. Hi, Lydia. I am so happy to have you come and be a part of our Great Turning Summit. There is a uh, particular wisdom that I see that you carry of how we feel and experience and witness the unraveling of life systems in this moment and this turning towards life in this moment in the body and in the way that we experience health and healing and, and disease. And so um, we're very lucky to be able to hear from you for a little bit about that. But first of all, I want to start how we've started with everyone with that great open sentence. What are some things you love about being alive in earth? Mm. I love, I love being in this body in earth. I love the feeling of hugging somebody. I love being able to hear music and make music and to eat and see light dancing on water and have great conversations with awesome people. <laughs> Which you do a lot of. <laughs> this is one. This is one for sure. <laughs> Um, will you tell us a little bit about your corner of the great turning, some of the ways that you're involved? 
Yeah. So one way that I'm involved is having conversations. I'm pretty excited about the great turning and all the ways <laughs> that it takes place. And um, I can't take part in every single piece of it that I find exciting and important. Um, but one thing that really lights me up is talking to people who are doing their thing, who've found their thread in this unraveling, reweaving tapestry that we're all in together and whatever they're doing, you know, working on building rain gardens or racial justice or eco villages and whatever it might be that they're doing their thing. I find that so exciting and enlivening. And um, I've come to really, really feel the truth of how we're each a cell in this bigger body and how everybody can see something uniquely from their one spot and do what only they can do in connection with everyone else. So that's one of my roles. I feel like in the great turning actually is um, keeping my eyes open to that and helping us see it together. And then in my sort of in-person daily life work, I practice Chinese medicine and dream work. So in that way, I'm also seeing the amazing wonder of each human being, but it's more about, you know, finding out where within the sort of more inner landscape of their own mind and body, things are not in balance, not flowing the best way and using these ancient and modern holistic tools to support well-being. So we can talk more about how that integrates for me with deep ecology and Chinese medicine, but they're, they're so natural, they're very natural companions, you know, to help people be healthy inside this skin envelope and also healthy in the interbeing. Yes. Yeah. That's where we want to head a little bit is, is ways, you know, deep ecology arising as just one way of experiencing that we are not just human beings trying to quote, save a planet, but that we are the planet itself arising in human form, trying to tend to the harms of our own body. That's one way that we might share it, but that essentially there's this identity shift that is also a part of what is happening right now, because part of the harm that has happened has come from this hyper-individuated human separate from earth, human dominion over earth perspective. Um, just to share a little, if folks aren't familiar with deep ecology, but you've studied now Chinese medicine and you've studied this deep ecology perspective and you've, you've gained a lot of energy at the intersection of the two. Will you share a little bit with us about what you see there and what you experience there? Yeah, there are a lot of intersections, but one that I would love to highlight is the way that we relate to our emotions, um, to really this respect for human emotion and how important it is, right? You've talked about this today already, but in deep ecology, we can honor human emotion as a crucial piece of feedback in the whole system, right? If I feel heartbroken at children separated from their parents at the border or enraged about mining in the rainforest or in Nevada, um, that's feedback coming through the system. Like something is off here. And Joanna Macy talks about how it takes a lot of energy to um, repress those emotions and hide those emotions. And when we let that truth come out of us, the energy of the emotions themselves is liberated and some of that energy we were spending on keeping them locked in, right? And that's so 
resonant with what Chinese medicine has always understood about emotion. The mind and the body are not separate in Chinese medicine. They never have been. Um, and we understand the body as like a landscape. You know, it's it's continuous with the ecosystem. And we have in our bodies channels that, of qi, like rivers. The qi, which is that functional energy information, vitality is flowing through us like water flows in a river. And it can be running, you know, just trickling. It can be raging. It can be stagnant. It can be blocked. It can be flowing healthily, right? And emotion is one form of movement of chi. And when we repress or constrain or hide our emotions, we're literally creating chi stagnation, which is one of the main causes of disease. Chinese medicine teaches us that about half of our diseases, if we want to trace back to the root, traces back to how we relate to our emotions. So it's a big deal, you know, and the, the truth speaking, at least to ourselves of like, the truth is I'm annoyed about that. The truth is I'm really sad. Even if we're, I mean, there's lots of reasons we might not say that out loud in any given moment, but at least letting those emotions move in some way is so critical to our personal well-being, the same way that, you know, the truth is all these people are quietly terrified of climate crisis and we're not talking about it. Like, we got to tell the truth about this. Um, it's really both ways in show us how much we um, need to honor and listen to those truths. Will you say more about that point right there, how you witness the individual and the collective intersecting and coming together and people's experience like that you witness maybe in your patients or in their health or in their well-being because we say we theorize that they that we are both we have an individual and collective and that it impacts us have you witnessed that in your practice yeah definitely um so i often practice craniosacral therapy while i'm doing acupuncture on someone as well and so that's this really light touch kind of body work and people get into a pretty relaxed state. And sometimes one of the um, modalities of healing I also use is dream work. And we might be talking about a dream that they've had. And as we get into this space where there's more room to tell those kinds of truths, um, emotion spontaneously moves. And so somebody who's been um, maybe a little bit ashamed, for example, of the anger that they feel towards someone in their family they'll start to speak about that and we'll, we'll have a breakthrough on like the physical level of the headaches they've been having. Um, or, you know, it's, and sometimes in the very same treatment, I, I make space for people to say how they feel about what they've read in the news or, you know, things that, right. Of course they don't talk about in like, you know, normal, which is revolutionary for a doctor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, when I was, when, and we, we read deep adaptation together, Jen Bentel's yeah. paper, and I had this feeling of like the same feeling. I can't talk about this with my patients, you know, but actually as I make the opening, a lot of them know, a lot of them are thinking about it. A lot of them are having that same feeling. I can't talk about how much this is breaking my heart about how scared I am for my kids, you know? And so, um, when there's room, it's, it's almost like, um, you can you can feel the space open up in the room. You can see the space open up in their bodies. And we 
energy is liberated for healing. I don't know a better way to describe it, but then it, you know, it plays out in whatever way it's needed for that individual. If it's pain or internal organ issues, it's like, it allows us to make forward healing movement. There's this healing intelligence in the body, just like there is, we talk about in the whole system. There's a healing intelligence. And when we remove the blockages and liberate the feedback, amazing things that you wouldn't expect, you know, happen. Wow. That makes so much sense. But I think we oftentimes don't think medically in terms of systems and we could use that more. And there are people definitely leading that charge, you know, like Rupa Maria and, and different folks, but we need more and more of those reminders. Okay. I've heard you mention the ways that you witness the three dimension, uh, the three stories of our time, that teaching from Joanna Macy's work, showing up medically or showing up, you know, in health systems and in the body. We have business as usual, kind of the mainstream ways of that we're asked to be and who we are and what we're asked to pledge our lives to. The great unraveling, the unraveling of the systems generally that support life, which is where a lot of our grief is. And the great turning, this pivot of millions of people who are trying to give us a fighting chance and that all three are happening at the same time. You witness that and you see that in your corner of, of the great turning. Tell us about what you see. Yeah, I really do see all three stories playing out at the same time and in some ways interwoven and, and entangled with each other. You can't quite tell, you know, you can't separate them. I want to try to speak to that in terms of how it plays out again in the body on that intimate landscape level and also in the field of medicine and how we look at healing. Business as usual, I think we we experience that in our bodies in the ways that in this dominant culture, we can be very extractive with our bodies, like overworking, undersleeping, um, keeping literally and metaphorically keeping the lights on all night. Like we, we emphasize in Chinese medicine, we'd call it wood energy, wood element or springtime, like growth and go. And we're, we're really light on autumn energy, letting things go and going into winter and quieting ourselves. Right. So, and those things cause diseases, all the illnesses that are stress related, you know, from just pushing ourselves too hard and you know, thinking perfectionism and forever improving ourselves, all of these things kind of plays out in our, how we relate to ourselves. And then in the medical field, you know, co-evolving with industrial civilization and this mechanistic view of the earth, where we look at things like machines and that we can break them down into parts and pull one thing out of the system and the rest will, you know, replace it with something else, right? Co-evolving with that has been a medicine that looks at our bodies that way. And it's done some amazing things, just like business as usual has done amazing things. I mean, I am conventional, modern Western medicine has saved my own life at least twice, you know, and many people listening have probably had their lives saved. Um, so it's not, they're, they're intertwined, right? But also this mechanistic view of the body has really broken us into pieces and given us a medicine whose primary tools are pharmaceutical medications and surgery. And a lot of them are just about suppressing symptoms. And it, the industry of medicine has the same problems that we see elsewhere, you know, pollution and waste, um, 
going through the intimate landscape of our bodies, we, we excrete through our urine, pharmaceutical medications and hormones. And so there's, there's animal testing, you know, a lot of therapies in modern medicine rely on animal research and testing. And I, to me personally, that's one of the most anthropocentric, like human supremacist things that we do. And it's embedded in a lot of medical treatments. So, you know, we get, we get that um, business as usual and the harms that it does kind of playing through the medical field and then how that interacts, you know, with our own tissues. And of course, we have diseases related to pollution and to the harms of business as usual. I'm kind of moving into the great unraveling here, but yeah. Um, yeah, Keep that's it going. Okay. You're, right. Yeah. You're like, I mean, you're, you're speaking all the truth. I think truth. about this a lot. <laughs> yeah. You're speaking all the truths. So, um, okay. So kind of moving into the great unraveling, right. In our bodies, we have, um, there's a lot of illnesses that, and diseases that happen because of the way that we've done modern agriculture, um, the pesticides, the pollution in the air, right. Mining, all these things that cause disease. And then I want to name as like a, a way that people really personally feel the great unraveling, like a, a, a serious illness can be like a personal great unraveling, a kind of experience like that. It feels like everything is falling apart. And I find the great turning in our bodies in those moments too, because even like on the big scale, how it can feel like everything's falling apart. It's not all falling apart. Like there's always a generative life-giving healing intelligence moving through at the same time. And granted, um, like we don't always make it. Individual humans die of serious illnesses. Um, and on the grand scale, we also might not make it. You know, we don't know what that what that looks like. And always there's this healing momentum and life-giving momentum moving through us. So, and, you know, back to the, the idea of animal testing and the kind of research actually that we've also done with our fellow humans, if you look back through medical history, you know, that is a heartbreaking, um, infuriating, maybe nauseating part too of um, medicine. And I think that it's, it's okay for us to be asking, you know, to say, yes, there's a lot I appreciate about what medicine does right now, what conventional Western allopathic, you know, whatever word you want to use for kind of current biomedicine, I appreciate it. And let's ask like, what, how did this treatment come to be available to me? What happens afterwards? What happens in the whole process of this and to look more holistically, you know, and back to emotions as feedback. Like if I do find that it makes my stomach turn to know about what was done to fellow beings to get this to me, that's good feedback. Like, let me, let me pay attention to that and ask, is there another way? Is there a gentler way? Is there a more life honoring way? And a lot of times the answer is really yes, you know, and so I guess that that just takes me right into the great turning, which is <laughs> that that I see I see that shift happening so beautifully in medicine right now. You know, that there are many 
healing traditions that have stayed intact. Chinese medicine is just one. Um, East Asian medicine, classical Chinese medicine also has many names, but um, that's just one that has stayed intact and actually has a really sophisticated herbal science. And I help people on a daily basis with things that in the past they thought they had to take pharmaceutical medications for, you know, acupuncture is a powerful tool. There's many, and all of these are more uh, within the regenerative capacity of our ecosystem to handle, right? The way that herbs are grown, what happens when we metabolize them? It's like a lot easier to to handle for our whole big collective body to to handle. Um, and and to the, it also the holistic medicines are inspiring people to look more for root cause and to think more like in systems. You know that the body is interconnected and you can't just isolate one part. So. It makes a lot of sense. And it's so, um, it's that it is such a mirror because all three are happening at the same time. And here we are living in that intersection. And since we live at that intersection, the majority of us every day, we kind of wake up and we're inside of all three of these stories, being impacted by all three of these stories. Every day I'm impacted by the unraveling in some way, both externally and internally. From your medical view, what are some practical things that each of us might be able to integrate in a complicated life in a complicated world to try and help facilitate the great turning in our own bodies and in our own spheres? Mm-hmm. Good question. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I would say, I would say, first of all, to maybe open the doorway or, or just, um, feed that sense that you might already have inside that your body is a wonder of nature. Like you are so amazing (laughs) that you have eyes to see that you can take food in and like make yourself out of it. And I mean, the body is so amazing. And I think that, um, we can get into this relationship with our bodies. That's really conditioned by business as usual to, um, you know, yeah, all the, all the feelings about frustrated with and disappointed with our bodies. And actually when we switch to tending to our bodies with the same kind of loving kindness that I hope we can all tend to each other with more and more, um, we naturally are embodying the great turning, like listening to those body signals, getting the rest that you need and sitting with that tension of like, I feel like I should get more done today. Um, but my body needs rest. It's the same with the earth. Like we don't need to get more done. We don't need to make more stuff actually. Like it's okay to pause, you know? So I think on the, that's kind of like a shift in consciousness level. But then I would also say learn some of the self-care tools that are so, um, they're like low impact or or positive impact on the ecosystem when you do them. Like um, herbal remedies. I love to teach self-acupressure, like how to, you know, stimulate points on your own body, the landscape of your own body that the same that I would do with acupuncture needles, you can massage them on yourself. Um, There's movement practices. Qigong is my practice of choice, but yoga and there's others that actually like they really do help you heal. They really bring you relief and help you heal. You know, I think we can they don't um, have the same pizzazz as like a dramatic medical intervention in some ways, but on a daily basis. I think if each of us 
found a practice or a few practices like that to do, um, that would be huge. And then as far as living in the great unraveling, you know, what whatever we can do to take care of our guts and our livers is pretty helpful, you know, and, and I think actually the taking care of the microbiome in our guts is an incredible doorway into how we are so interconnected with our environment. If we do things that are pro healthy microbiome, we're probably doing things that are pro web of life. Right. You know? And so I haven't actually, it's funny because I think about the great turning like every day, as you know, and I don't think I've actually thought of my self-care or health amplifying practices as bringing the great turning into my body and as also a part of the great turning. And I'm very grateful for that perspective um, and acknowledging that for some folks, they might only have 20 minutes of their day. Mm-hmm. that they might be able to to do this and that that 20 minutes is like a active you know bringing in of trying to to elevate and and accentuate those healing intelligences that are already a part of us because we're part of something that's been highly intelligent and life oriented for a very long time i'm wondering if you want to because most of the people watching this have been sitting and watching and these, do you want to give us like one acupressure point that we might be able to take away from this and maybe even do in this moment that might, might be good. Sure. For yeah. Okay. We could do that one that you're gesturing to right now. It's, okay. um, <laughs> it's in the webbing between your first finger and your thumb. And it's just about halfway down from like your knuckle towards the knuckle of your thumb. And if you press around in there, you can use your first finger or your other thumb is usually how I like to do it. You'll usually find a sensitive spot. This point is called hugu and it's uh, in English, we call it large intestine four. And it's really good for anything that's worsened by stress. Oh yeah, you feel it. (laughs) Anything that's worsened by stress that we use it for pain relief in general um, headaches, especially, or in the jaw, like if you have a toothache or post dentistry, but it's also so so potent for moving chi that whether it's um, like menstrual cramps or asthma or whatever it is that gets worse with stress, this is a good one. And you just um, sink in a little bit. You want to trust your own body, your knowing of like when you made good contact with the point, and then you can massage it in little circles or just hold it. Or press and release. You can do both sides. And if you want to, you can just send your body a little loving kindness and a little marveling. I like to be like, wow, body, you're so amazing. Thank you. (laughs) I felt it like right away. I was like, ooh, I'm stressed. (laughs) <laughs> and then if you massage it for a minute or two, you, you'll probably like spontaneously sigh or like yawn. You know, you get these signs of release because that energy is flowing again. There's so many healing intelligences we have access to, but we don't maybe know about because we didn't grow up learning about them. And that always kind of amazes me. I think it's a similar thing with contributions to the great turning like there uh, ten thousand ways are needed and valuable all interconnected and working together to bring a chance of healing and an opportunity for a future to this planet 
And I imagine the body is the same way that mm -hmm. if every part of the body did the same thing, that we might not have a body. It's like every part of the body has its own thing to do well, to try and, and do, you know, to, to help create a whole healthy system. Yeah. Exactly. Well, yeah. <laughs> yes. Check. Um, I'm curious if there's anything else you want to share with us um, about all of this. Um, I think I would just like to put in a plug for feeling good. Like it's good if you feel good. I want everybody to experience as much thriving as you can, you know, because I, I personally feel like my natural state is pretty full of, um, wonder, you know, I'm like readily will say, wow. And this is true. People with loving kindness. <laughs> and that does not move through me as easily when I'm in pain, when I'm having PMS when I, I deal with asthma, when I'm having a hard time breathing, like my, that natural state uh, and the availability to follow through on my inspiration and my contribution is like not there when I don't feel good. And so whatever blend of business as usual medicine, holistic medicine, self-care um, frees us to feel our best, I think is a beautiful thing. And I wish that for everybody. Yeah, you do. I do. You're just, you're just like that. <laughs> you're the you're the perfect constitution of the great turning moving through you as helping attend to people's well being. I really feel that from you. I can feel like, oh yeah, you're doing exactly that thing you were built for, and we need we need that as well. We need the folks who are helping tend to our our personal well being so that we can stay in it. You know, here and. and and try and 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 be alive, you know, as much as we can in these times. So thank you for finding your groove and for carrying it and for carrying that torch on behalf of of all of us. I appreciate you. Oh, I appreciate you so much and everybody who's been speaking today. Thank you, Lydia. Yeah. All right. We love you. Love you. <laughs> thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that, and I would love to hear anything that resonates with you or questions that come up. Feel free to reply to my emails or comment on social media with your reflections. There's so much more to talk about. Come to the show notes at turningseason.com slash episode 36 to find links to the Great Turning Summit recordings, Rupa Maria and Raj Patel's book, Inflamed, and the online program I host called Healing Season which is all about you coming to understand and take care of yourself and be able to express your loving care for our world, especially the connections between physical and emotional health through the wisdom of Chinese medicine and deep ecology. You can find all those links at turningseason.com episode 36. We have a really cool conversation about water coming up for the September episode, so come back for that. And until then, thank you again for listening and all the ways you play your part.